doing today. This is the Fifth Ward Wildcat, and we're coming to you with another podcast. And I'm sitting across from my come road dog, come Padre. Home, are you, sir? This is KG, and you're listening to uh, KG and the Fifth Ward Wildcat podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is uh, a few days after our last podcast. We're doing things a little bit differently here. We're probably going to have a second one later on this week. But Wildcat, do your thing, sir. All right. Let's give a little wrap up on these football scores over the weekend conference. USA Rice pulled out a win over uh, uh, UTEP. Over UTEP. Uh, it was nail biter. And uh, U of H pulled out a uh, one this past weekend. They're now at, uh, at Tulane. They're at Tulane on Thursday. Uh, this weekend scores were U of H 56, UAB 13, Southern Miss 48, Southeast Carolina 28, SMU 45, Tulane 24, Rice 41, UTEP 37, and Tulsa was 24 over UCF 17. Folks, it was a good day. TSU won at home. They beat a good team from Southern Jaguars. They tell me that's the third year in a row. Prairie View went down to Texas State and lost one on the on. I'm not going to say how they lost, but they lost. And I believe like that. I was told that's just to have it that way. What were you told, sir? I was told don't mess it with the school. Were you told that some strange things happened on the road this weekend, this past weekend? 34-26, they lost to Texas State. Well, it's a loss. It's not about as mean. They're four five now overall. But they're, they're still in the running for uh, the swing. Uh, Western, uh, Eastern, uh, Western Division, yes. They're tired. Uh, we're with four three. And uh, also, basketball started this week, this past weekend. And I'm going to tell you, folks, we are so happy about that. Yes, because that church is getting church to Amy. Folks, does the KG, does he sound like he's happy about college basketball? He went to an exhibition game last night. What happened, sir? I was at Hawks, Pennsylvania, and watching the... New Houston Cougars play the How new are they? New St. Thomas is it Celt or Celts, sir? Celts. St. Thomas Celts. This is their second uh, game of, of their program. And uh, before the game, I found out that senior guard for the Cougars, Porsche Landry, was not going to play uh, due to health injuries. Her uh, status for the home opener on Friday, November 11th. Versus New Mexico State is day to day, so it's still un- uncertain if she's going to play or not to be able to play, be clear to play. We'll find out about that later on in the week. Um, it was a different game, you know. Porsche is uh, the Cougars' point guard. She's the engine to make everything go. Without her, we don't have a true point guard to back her up, and that showed, especially in the first part of the game versus the Celts. The Cougars turned the ball over four times in the first four minutes of the game. They trailed seven nothing. Gave you a Kill fans, reason to cheer, thinking that a miracle would happen and they, this might be their chance for a victory. Roxy hit a button, hit a button, hit a basket, then Tasha Tubbs hit a basket for the Cougars, and Cougars started on a run. Led by only 11 points at halftime, ended up winning about 24, 65-41. It was an ugly game, Wildcat. It was ugly. It was about it was 100 rebounds total in the game. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. How was the rebound situation? Uh, Cougars trailed rebounding by three at halftime. Uh, Coach Todd Buchanan, uh, Corey and Roxanne Button, lit into them at halftime. Uh, Coach Buchanan questioned them. He, tell, he challenged them at halftime to do, do a better job on the board. They did a do, do better job. I rebounded. They chose by about 17 in the second half. They won the, they won the board battle. I want to uh, commend a few players for, among the freshmen for the Cougars. One who I've tied in a previous podcast, Taryn Alford, freshman, uh, old school, uh, young, young lady. She only played basketball at this going about three or four years, so she's still a raw 
player when it comes to basketball knowledge and basketball IQ. But she got 9.7 rebounds and only about 20 minutes of action. So she, you can just see the potential there for her. Uh, Amanda Lawson started at a forward spot for the Cougars. She had 7.9 rebounds and 30 minutes of action. She, she surprised me a little bit. I think she could be one of the key pieces to helping the Cougars be not as bad as I feared in the previous podcast. Uh, she's quicker. She's wearing a, a knee brace, and I'm waiting to get confirmation on it. I've heard that she tore her ACL three years ago. Wow. But she's still wearing a knee brace for uh, almost like a security blanket kind of thing. And I think she's she got a, a new brace, a new brace, than what I've seen in practice that she wore in the game Monday night. And it seems to have helped her not be as stiff. I touched on some of the Cougars that were not, did not seem flexible in practice. She was much quicker last night in the game, so hopefully that new brace helps her out. Um, we'll see how things go. You know, Walk and myself will be, we'll be with the home opener in Hawthorne on the 11th because we'll be on the hill. Yes. Watch a prayer view of Rice women's basketball. We mentioned a few times last week, or mentioned again today, November 11th, 7 p.m. on the hill, Rice women at prayer view. PVB Rice last season. So Rice going to try to get a little redemption. I won't call it revenge, I call it redemption. See if they can bounce back with a, with a road opener to start their season and pray return to protect home. So we'll see how things go. Um, so, I haven't seen Prairie View practice, but I know based on uh, Coach Toyell Wilson, their style of play, she likes to get after it. Uh, with pressure defense and run the floor and score in transition. And I'll be seeing practice a few times. You know, we know, we know the odds uh, have not been as physical in the past, but th- we think this new group will be physical and be tough and be able to handle more uh, physical opponents. We'll see how that goes on Friday at 7 p.m. on the, on the Hill, Rice and PV. Uh, somebody's going to be 1-0. Somebody has to brag the rights in the city. So we'll see how that all plays out. Tuesday night, tonight, at Hot Finds, the U of H men will be in action in a, what do we call it? So is it right to call them exhibition games yes. or preseason games? What, what do you prefer? This week, from what I was told, I've been told in the past, that uh, they are exhibition games until, I think, this, this until Monday. I think that's when everybody, the exhibition will pretty much be to the side because that's when uh, they also start the, um, uh, is it 24 hours? Tip off uh, ESPN's tip off. Twenty four hours tip off madness. What you want to call it? Event starts Monday for us. Yeah. Uh, November fourteenth when the season starts for the for the men. Uh, women's action, as we know, we're talking about TV starts on Friday the eleventh. Right. So I'm cool with exhibition. You know, I just you know, I mean the exhibition games because they don't they don't count. So right. preseason, you, and you pretty much playing everybody. You know, just right. Uh, Division three, Division two, NAIA, and you can listen to such. Uh, the, oh, also, let's uh, at least we not forget, uh, Texas Southern Women also has a, their opener on Friday. Friday morning, 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. H&P Arena versus the Norfolk State. It's for, for simple, simple terms. It's like it's like a kids' day. Right. Uh, on campus. A lot of kids on campus from the, the uh, elementary, even some middle school, I think, will be in attendance. It's going to be a lot of loud, screaming children. We're going to see Mary And it's going to, you know, it, it's good to see the uh, the arena filled with people, but it's, it's a little bit annoying to hear all the kids screaming and everything because we're getting old. So, you know, maybe it can take off the use of the kids screaming. But um, good luck because we'll be at the game. Yeah. Um, we'll see how TSU plays against Norfolk State. Both teams will pick uh, preseason-wise not to do as well in their own in their respective conferences, so we'll see how the game goes. 
uh, this Friday on the 11th at 11. So we do I can myself have a have a full day on the 11th. We'll be at HP for one game. Then in a few hours later, we'll be on the hill for another basketball game, women's basketball, because that's about our main focus of uh, college basketball in terms of you know me and me and women. But uh, U of H men Tuesday night play at Concordia at Hoffman Pavilion. We had a brief uh, chat with Coach James Dickey for the Cougars last night. He and the men's team were supporting uh, the women during their game. You know, that's a good thing. It is. It was good to see the entire team there supporting uh, their uh, sisters. And I asked Coach Dickey about uh, their opponent tonight, and he said they expect a lot of uh, pressure full-court defense from uh, Concordia. And he was curious to see how well his guys handled it, handled the full court pressure. So, uh, get your tickets. And otherwise, it's kind of bad right now on election day. So, go uh, yeah. vote. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, we're not here to tell you who to vote for, what to vote for, to go vote. Do your civic duty and go vote. There you go. Uh, oh, HBU's had a uh, exhibition game this past weekend. They on the men's side. And, uh, on the men's side. Men's side. They fellas win or lose. Fellas won. Won. No, no. Fellas lost. Oh, that's right. They lost. So they in the 4-16. Right. And they missed the uh, big quarter era uh, scoring and uh, rebounding out by uh, uh, Gonzalez. Andrew Gonzalez, yeah. Gonzalez graduated last year. Mr. Mr. HBU. He was Mr. Husky. He was it for them for the last few years. You no, know, he did everything. Except, well, I'll take that back. A couple of days, a couple of games, he did sell popcorn and all to the women's games. And all. He helped that in that concession stand. He's a pull-a-bridge all-around guy. So, um... You know, thank you once again for listening. As, as always, this is KG and the Fifth Wildcat po- doing a podcast. Uh, probably the first of two this week. And uh, last season as a podcast, that's because that's my season is here. We're going to get in, We're going to be in full swing. We got some things uh, in the works. Hopefully that that we may be able to announce in the future. Um, hopefully so we'll the road podcast. Hopefully that as well. Early and, in the season. And you know, one other, one other thing that we won't even touch on, but hopefully I'll I'll be smiling from year to year if, if it ever comes. If it happens, and if it does happen, trust me, people, you will know because I will let everybody else know that that I helped get it done. Um, well, that's on your brain, sir. We just want to talk about. Oh, there's a um, we just mentioned an impasse. Uh, just uh, Joe Frazier, uh, great boxer. Uh, Smoking Joe Frazier passed away at age 67. Um, you know, I did not get a chance to meet him. Obviously, uh, I'm not as old as as him, but growing up as a boxer fan, uh, a big boxer fan, you know, knew uh, saw a lot about Smoking Joe, his battles, his, his epic battles with Muhammad Ali, uh, his different style of fighting, his uh, way he carried himself outside the ring. He was a class guy, so condolences to uh, Smoking Joe's family, you know, his friends, and people who, whose lives he touched. You know, prayers and condolences to to all of you, and may he rest in peace. So what are your thoughts? You know, you're a bit closer generational wise to him, so just give me your thoughts on a uh, fifteen rounds. Fifteen rounds. When boxing was 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 fifteen rounds, that's, that's the best way I can explain it. Um, he went, had three epic battles with uh, Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay. Uh, the first one was under the name of Cassius Clay, and he was the man that left first hook that he, he landed on Muhammad Ali. And my goodness, one of the most one of the most textbook left hooks. Talk about exploding punches. It's like George with that big right hand of his. Uh, with with Break you to but, your knees. And to Ali's credit, that was in the 15th round. Yes. We, he we, got up. He got up. Because seeing footage of it, I thought he was knocked clean out. But he got up. 
And you know, he lost the uh, United decision to Joe Frazier. Right. Joe was the heaviest champion, but he knew then. That's just love hook. He knew then he was in for a fight the rest of his life. And I was long those two guys were in the ring. And this is the, and, and we're going to end on this one. The third, the thriller in Manila, that told you just how much these guys had animosity toward each other in the ring. You go 15 rounds past the age of 30. It's heat and humidity in Africa. Uh, I'm sorry, in the uh, Philippines. I'm sorry. And you get out. You get up off the canvas. You work your butt off past the age of thirty, and you get in the ring. And when guy, when when the some of the pundits said you two guys are too old to be out here doing this, this is a young man's game. Nobody on the heavyweight division. And then we talk about real heavyweights, guys that was like six feet or bigger, weighing almost, what, 250, well, 240. Then, those are heavyweights. Now, those are cruiserweights. <laughs> you know, you look at the Clinton brothers who are 6'7 and, and 260, 270, whatever they are. You know, they're, they're giants compared to but heavyweights of that era. Now, with, the, with that being said, because we don't want to dwell too much on that today, because we we'll, 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 we'll have time to discuss it all, because by that time, women and men's basketball will get going. We'll have our polls together and all, and have it out uh, individually how we'll, we're looking at this season to, uh, uh, to start out and to uh, finish. But these heavyweights that's now, Dr. KG, heavyweight. Yeah, we don't even have any American heavyweights. No. And somebody mentioned that last night. Do you know? Could you actually say who is the uh, heavyweight champion and when was the last American being a heavyweight champion? And one guy, you know what? He said he hadn't watched a real boxing match in person since Holyfield and Tyson. You know, and Holyfield still fighting for some unknown reason. That's another story. That's, that's another story. That is another story. You know, I, 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 I'm concerned for his, his health. Yeah. You know, truthfully. Because <laughs> you and I both know he, he really doesn't need the money. He just, he's, he shouldn't. It's about glory right now. And, and he still, sometimes he still that, wants to retire as heavyweight champion. And, and okay, Holy, I, you know, good luck to you. I don't see that. But let's talk about this thing that I really don't. I'm tired of talking about it. It's the NBA lockout. Yeah. Okay, um, now, before you get too far into this, do you think the deadline that was put on the table by the commissioner, do you think it's going to hold true? The, the ultimatum? Yeah. No. Commissioner Stern issued an ultimatum uh, over the weekend, basically Saturday. They met for hours on Saturday. And after that, they met with the mediator, Mr. George Cohen, and apparently the, he proposed uh, six uh, proposals and the owners agreed to five of them. And Commissioner Stern, to viewpoint, that was became their new agreement that they wanted the players to accept or not accept, or prefer them to accept it. And uh, the, uh, you know, and part of that was 50-50 split, but it was a band of 49-51. If uh, basketball aid income, if the NBA did well, the players could ultimately receive 51% of basketball aid income. If things did not go as well, they were going down to 49%. Players did not want that. Players not accepted. So as Mr. Stern said, basically, the, take it or leave it. You know, you have until Wednesday. You close the business on Wednesday, which is uh, November 9th, to accept it. If not, if we don't accept it, then our new offer will be rollbacks 
47%, and the flex cap, which is what they proposed back in July, and which the players shot down in July. So, that is the ultimatum. No, 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 the Howard Beck of New York Times, who's done an outstanding job, uh, he's on his cover covering the rhetoric and the BS of the NBA lockout. Has to be jumped. He and, and Ken Berg and a lot of a lot of other colleagues have been camping out, and you know Sam Amick and all these guys, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski Warden, with Yahoo Sports, all of them have done a great job. Howard Beck has. Uh, and I linked this on my, on my Facebook page, some of the details of the ultimatum. And some of them are just interesting. Because I wrote commentary on Sunday that, um, you know, there's a lot of talk of certification about the player, the three certified pound union, and uh, seeing it as a last bit of leverage, which will force the owners to negotiate better in good faith. Cherry November. They should have. If they want, if they, if they were going to be certified, they should go in July. At the beginning of the process, now it's too late. Now, what I'm, what I'm saying is also, I don't think they actually have a grasp of what that word means and what that means to the union and what that would do for going forward. But probably with that. If, if, if you're doing this now, that means you didn't have an understanding then, and you still don't have one now. It's just a word that you done throw it out there. And, and one of the reasons, you know, there were some players and in, in the big-time agents back in July, that's what they wanted to do. That's the route they wanted to go. But Billy Hunter, the executive director of the association, they wanted to do that. He preferred that they file a case with the National Labor Relations Board and then hoped that the NLRB would rule in their favor and declare the lockout illegal. That was in July. It's November. The National Labor Relations Board still has not made a decision and determination on that. So based on that, you can tell that's, that's four months ago. If the players first vote to decide to certify, that's one thing. Then they have to go, that goes to the NLRB. Then the NLRB has to say, okay, you guys may vote to decertify. So, first you have to, players have to have 30% of the players have to agree to a vote to decertify. To decide to decertify. And then they have to have a majority decide that they, that they will indeed decertify. So all that process will take a, a good long a, a time. In a 45-day window before the NLRB were to decide to declare that the players had enough and they were, could decertify, the players apparently believe that during that 45-day period, the owners will return to the negotiating table, bargaining table, and say, "Hey, uh, let's let's we let's get back and talk, and we will give and hopefully the players get a better deal." Uh, I think I wrote about in my commentary. If the owners have not given you any reason to think they're going to negotiate better and give you a fairer deal now why are they going to give you a fairer deal with the threat of decertification looming you know and, and I, I just wrote that a whole bunch of players not talking to Bill up and said he was going to give up his 14 million dollar salary all these things that they're fighting on principles I said it last week Jerry Wildcat a reduced paycheck is better than no paycheck <laughs> That's the bottom line. Oh, but we have a friend that says cash is always on time. Always. So, I, 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 you know, and the owners have all the leverage. The, go, the decertification would have been a thing to do months ago. It's too late now. If it does happen and owners don't even blink, then the season will be canceled. There are players, Steve Blake for one, Monday spoke out. He wants the players to put it to a vote. 
to see how many people, how many players are willing to vote for the certification, and then we'll go from there. He wants to, that's, that's to put it to a vote. That's what he wants. He doesn't want the executive board for the players to try to turn the owner's proposal down. He doesn't want that. He wants them to put it to a vote and allow the players to decide to certify or not. So that's where we are because the players, the player representatives, team representatives for the players are meeting today to decide which way they want to go. Matt Bonner is one representative for the Spurs, saying that the negotiation on Saturday sucked. Um, so today's meeting, they're going to discuss all possibility, all possible options, one of which includes decertification. It's all up in the air. There are, are some owners who think Commissioner Stern is being too soft, giving them 50-50. There's not, there's not one particular Michael Jordan, who, and there's not any, there's not a majority of owners who agree with that. So that's the problem. There's, there's there's division on both sides. There's division on the player side. There's division on the owner side. My question is, why all of a sudden now, this late in the process, you finally get a division on the uh, on the owner side when there's, no, no. there's always been one. I mean, it just hasn't become. It, it was never public. No, I'm talking about to where you've got to the point now where you're actually doing infighting in one person's name. Just well, it's starting to step to the. For the reason they they talk about, you know, it's assumptions on some part, speculation. Reason the reason the joints. Michael Jordan name been tossed out now, especially being a hawk, hawkish owner, and he's standing firm and doesn't want to give more than 50-50 to the players. It's because he's Michael Jordan. David Stern and owners must assume that the players will look at Michael Jordan, see the name Michael Jordan, see where he stands, and see that he's not willing to back down 50-50, and they'll blink and they'll accept the deal, and we'll have basketball starting in December. That's the reason why Michael Jordan's name has come out there. Michael Jordan's called a sellout. He's been called a hypocrite. Some players out of the He's a exactly, He's older now. He's not a player. There's some players that they'll never wear. They'll never wear his tennis shoes and product, his product again. Fine, we'll see, put him out. Put him in the way mouth. We'll see what happens, you know, in the future, how that goes. It's all a state of flux. Hopefully, the idea will be reached as soon as possible because I, the NBA is my bailiwick. You know, I love women's basketball. I love going to the Women's Final Four. But there's nothing like the NBA for me, personally. However, saying all that, if they don't get a deal done and the season is canceled, I will move on. I will get my focus into college basketball and be happy camper and folks, keep on rolling. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, folks. He ain't joking. He ain't joking. And, we and, and me and myself, I love college sports. I mean, because you are the college sports reporter. And speaking of which, thanks for that segue. Where can folks find you? Right on the food, find the uh, college sports reporter. They can find me at www.gamesizeview.com. Hit that front page and uh, hit that hot key with my mug on the front. That says CSR. And you go to uh, my, my blog and my Twitter handle is hashtag HASV. Your Twitter says. Uh, my Twitter, uh, what is it? Twitter handle, hashtag, whatever. See, we're still new to all this, folks. We're, still, we're not experts but on we the, evolve the, the day. Day. Exactly, we evolve with the time. Is T H E H R Review. Once again, that's T H E H R Review. And since we're going to have a, another podcast in a few days later on this week, I'm not going to get into details about it, get into specifics, but just want to say we talked about the, the Cougars having an exhibition game on Tuesday night for the men. Their home opener is Saturday at home at Hawthorne versus Grambling State. Right. Uh, the Rice men home opener is also Saturday night versus New Orleans. Right. I hate the fact I hate when Rice and U.S. play basketball on the same night and same. But also mentioned that before you get too far from that, that the conference this year took that into took scheduling into thought and did what this. And apparently, well, I, I, I look at the fellas' side of it. I look at the women's side. side. It's 
seems like there's maybe only one game where U of H and Rice are both playing at home at the same time. And I think that, I mean, most of the time, they're not even playing at home at the same time. Right. If U of H is at home, Rice is on the road and vice versa. I think that's great. That allows both you and I to see, see both teams play. And that, that should, in a, some, in a small sense, allow fans of both teams to go see each team playing. Maybe that'll boost the attendance for each program, which is great. And, you know, so it does split up the fan base, does split up the media coverage. So I think that's great. And it also negates the, I think, a potential advantage for the visiting team who comes to town, stay at one hotel for three, three days. Right. So I, that eliminates that as an advantage for the opponents. So it's win-win for everybody, in my personal opinion. We'll see how that works out. As we said, 7 p.m. on November 11th, Friday, UV, Rice Women at Prairie View. Uh, 7 p.m. Friday, here, here at Hoffines, UVA Women host Mexico State. Uh, I'm going to mention, it's going to be a butt whipping, but I'm going to mention anyway. Well, maybe not. Let me, let me backtrack there. 7 p.m. in Waco. Baylor, Baylor Bears, TSU men. Um, Coach Harvey, new contract. He's got a talented team there. I'm not saying as good as, as Perry Jones and, and that crew up there for the, for the Baylor Bears, for Coach Drew and, and Coach Tang and, and crew. But uh, they played they played better tough last season. So we'll see what they can do again this season. But personally, TSU, they won the SWAC regular season last year. They flamed out the SWAC conference championship. They got to get to the tournament. You know, they had too many games last season where they played down to left competition. Right. They kind of just went through the motions. I think they could just give a lot of team to get out far front and then yeah. turn on the end and it burned them too many times. They need to end that. They got to finish game. 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 They got to Okay. Because they, they, if you don't send any information exactly. to the NC2As, statisticians, it must play. It must not exactly. It must not happen. It must not have happened. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Want to talk about? Yes, we'll and do that. Yeah, and, and we're not going to get into details about a major scandal um, taking place with Penn State University. We know about it. Obviously, we know about it. We have opinions on it. But until more details come out and more facts come out, there are things that we've seen and read so far. I have a personal opinion that I'm going to say for myself. It's going to be a whole new regime at Penn State. A whole lot of folks may not have, may have done the legal thing. They didn't do the moral thing. And, and that's, what, that's, and that's, what, that's where we are. Because morally, it's just all wrong on any level. You should always, as an adult, you should protect children. Exactly. It's just that plain and simple. And I'm going to let it go at that because, like KG, if I get into this, we talk about a whole podcast of just that alone. Because I just think it's all wrong and everybody involved from the president of the university on down should be let go. Literally. Now let's end on a positive note. If you have something else you want to add, no, sir, I'm done. You want to talk about anything basketball-wise? You want? Oh, you want oh, oh, I tell you, I do have a positive note. San Raven, Lady Ravens women's volleyball is headed off to, to the uh, JUCO Nationals in New Jersey, if I'm, thinking, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But they are headed off to looking to bring home another NC2A championship. 
Uh, uh, well, well, what is it? NJCA or whatever it is, right? Isn't it something different? Yeah. Yeah. N N C J National Defense. I'm sorry. N J C AA Division One. All right, and uh, hopefully next podcast we'll have some more, but uh, some type of resolution. You know, early this morning on Tuesday morning, I saw some of the NBA guys thinking that a deal will be done within the next 36 hours. Hopefully, something is done. Hopefully, we have a resolution. I'm tired of talking about lockouts and basketball income. I want to talk about basketballs going into buckets and fouls being committed and hard fouls and and uh, get some technical talk about why somebody didn't run a play right or something like something on the court. Oh, let's talk, touch one more thing with the touch. Let's just wrap it up. Our, our good buddy, uh, mentor, John Lucas, yeah, is, is having a uh, Houston Celebrity Basketball Classic a lockout. Excuse me, the Houston Lockout Celebrity Basketball Classic. Right. November 20th at Del Mar Stadium Complex. Right. At 5 p.m. and doors open at uh, 3 p.m. The proceeds will visit, will go to uh, John Lucas Charities as well as local charities. Uh, and the celebrities folks are talking about uh, stars like uh, Blake Griffin is scheduled to appear in playing the game. Uh, T.J. Ford. Uh, if nothing else, you need, you need to come watch it, uh, Blake uh, play. And the tickets go on sale Wednesday. Um, they're having a press conference on Wednesday. Walkhead and myself will, will be elsewhere. And you have to visit our individual website to learn where, where, but it does pertain to uh, the Houston area. Um, some other players slated to appear in the, the charity game. Uh, Kevin Durant, Chandler Parson with the Rockets, trying to film the Rockets. Well, I forgot they were on the Rockets. It's been so long. Oh, and one more thing. I didn't see much about it locally, but the Rockets did a press release Monday. Starting Wednesday, I think it's going to be a weekly thing. Every Wednesday on Fox Sports Houston, they're going to air the Clutch City Classics. Some a few games, of the biggest games in Rockets lore, the playoff victories, the championship games. Last time, some turnaround. No, because I wasn't. Well, that's a good question. That may be because I think the games will go on as long as there's a lockout. Because the only one they can show uh, what. Because guys that are, that, that are not in the system right now, no, I don't, I don't think that applies. But that, that is a good question, though, because uh, some of the games, I think Wednesday's game of uh, November 9th, the game will be uh, versus the Phoenix Sun, Western Conference semifinal, with Mario Lee, the kiss of death, on the 16th. That's it. Did you bring up a good point? I actually don't think about it. I mean, well, you know, Rocks haven't had any playoff success since 97, 95. Anyhow, so it's, all these games are over. I think they should be okay. Uh, November 16th. Yeah. November 16th, game one. Uh, when Akeem shows everybody who the true MVP should have been, and he destroyed David Robinson. Uh, I, 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 I can watch it over and over again. Yeah. November 23rd and November 30th, game six on the 23rd. Game six, Rocks are beating the Knicks, the Knicks in the NBA Finals, and then game seven. Rockets uh, win the championship, first championship in Rockets history. So next four Wednesdays in, in November will be City Classics on Fox Sports Houston. So a few different things that we try to give you, a little bit of information, try to give you, and I'll give you more details later on. And at some point, probably hopefully by the end of this month, we'll start taking uh, questions on uh, my Facebook page. You can probably email us, you know, what have you. So thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, my website is HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Yes, sir. Uh, and at least I forget, we are both located on YouTube. We both have YouTube pages now. Uh, my YouTube page, <laughs> excuse me, 
is uh, AKSVDCSR YouTube. And, and mine is Houston Round Ball. So, uh, hey, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, we have websites, blogs, etc. Um, so we're trying to do a little bit of everything. And you don't mind my saying, sir, we, we have no problem. We're very willing to talk to anyone who's willing to sponsor sponsor the podcast, sponsor our YouTube channel, sponsor us. And uh, because we have plans, big things, and we already, both of us are very confident there's a guarantee in life, but we are very confident that we will be in Denver covering the Women's Final Four in April. We, we just got our, so, uh, I mean, I, I, it's, not, it's, right. it's not 100%, but it's, it's, I, feel, I feel pretty sure. Yep. But, I, hear, uh, I put it to you like this, folks. We've both got a great to hear from you. Yes. So, you know, we, we have a lot of different opportunities and, and games that we're, that we're going to be covering this basketball season. Thank goodness it's here. Thank you, as always, for listening. Tell your friends about the KT and Fizzle Wildcat podcast. And in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>